Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved family. How are you? I pray that you're well. This today, as I think you already know, is a pre-recorded program. Now, doesn't mean all, it's not a rerun, it's for you, but I'm not present here, so I've recorded something from a, um, hold on, where is it now, from a wonderful magazine. Um, It's a magnificent article on an awful subject. It's the gender theory, what's going on in the world, even in Christianity, it's just too horrible to define. This comes from a most trusted magazine. I have not read through the whole article. And I've mentioned before, it's very rare that I would read you something that I haven't completely read through. But when something is written by people that I utterly respect, completely trust, I have no problem reading it with you instead of ahead of you. So this magazine is Calix, C-A-L-X, Marie. It's Latin for the goal or the heel of Mary. Let's see if you can see it. Yep. It's published by uh, Voice of the Family. A tremendous look them up online. Utterly outstanding, faithful, orthodox, Catholic apostolate. Kind of that comprises a conglomeration of apostolates. Um uh, that is is just so tremendous. Life of the uh, LifeSite News is a part of that. Uh, Society for the Protection of the Unborn is part of it. Uh, oh, I'm so sorry. I, I don't think of everyone. Um, I can't think of everyone involved. But Voice of the Family has put on magnificent conferences. Uh, I think twice a year in Rome, bringing young people in. Uh, Cardinal Burke, Bishop Athanasius Snyder, wonderful bishops have spoken for them. You could look them up online, Voice of the Family. If I personally, the Daughters of Mary, Mother of Israel's Hope, ever would be part of a larger association, it would be Voice of the Family. Because whatever they do, whatever apostolate is part of them, is for the family. And it's magnificent. This magazine is new. I think it's, it's, in, it's in its second year. I could be wrong. Um, and it's published uh, as a gr- outgrowth of Voice of the Family. Its publisher is, um, its editor, rather, is Maria Medis, who is a wonderful, wonderful woman of God, a young, wonderful woman of God, intelligent, solid Catholic um, Zealous for the faith and uh, absolutely fantastic. She is the editor of this magazine. I think it comes out four times a year. I'm, I'm giving. I think it's fifty dollars. I'm not sure, and they probably barely break even. We are subscribing to it. I recommend it for everyone. This is their subtitle. Their purpose is rebuilding our Christian civilization. That's what it is. I have in my hand issue five, which is this past summer, the summer of 2019, uh, the fifth issue. And what I'd like to um, take us through, us, you and me, uh, this morning, is, is for as much time as we have, is the article entitled 
gender theory a threat to the family and the proclamation of the fish, uh, Christian faith. The reason I want to read it is because it's exactly what it is, a threat to the family and the proclamation of the Christian faith. And I, I'll tell you the survival of civilization. And it's written by a bishop. Uh, I have not, let me see if I can see. Um, okay. Rome life for, um, I don't, this is awful that I haven't found out. I'll do it during the break, beloved, where this bishop is from. I should know that, and perhaps it says it during the article. His name is H.E. William, Bishop H.E. William Jacobus, he's not a bishop, he's a cardinal, Cardinal Eik, it's E-I-J-K, Eik, I don't know how to pronounce it, E-I-J-K. Um, I apologize for any misinformation, mispronunciation. I'm so sorry. But how wonderful to find a cardinal. So like Cardinal um, uh, Raymond Burke, like Bishop Athanasius Snyder, uh, Cardinal Mueller, Cardinal Brandmuller, beautiful heroes of the faith that speak the truth, so desperately needed today. And again, Uh, This is an article that this cardinal has written on gender theology, which I am going to read for us. Um, Gender theory is a modern development which sets the city of man against the city of God and the world order against the Christian faith. What does gender theory involve? The term sex, S-E-X, relates to the two categories, male and female, because humans and the majority of, I don't even like humans, human beings, I don't even like humans, I'd rather use the word beings than humans, makes us sound like Martians from outer space. Humans and the majority of living beings are categorized according to the anatomical and physiological differences in their productive organs and secondary sexual characteristics in the a period. Um, uh-oh, I think we have a, we may have a problem here with the video, but we'll keep going. So listen if you can't see, beloved. I'm, I'm simply here and I'm simply reading and speaking to you and we'll see if we could straighten something out during the break. Um, Oh, looks like we're back on. Okay. In the 1950s, the term gender was introduced. This relates more to the social roles of the male and female. The fundamental notion of gender theory is that this social role has no or merely a remote connection to the biological sex. In the past, gender would have carried certain social expectations for men and women, and in many parts of the world still does. However, in Western society, with its hyper-individualism and associated ethic, the individual is urged not to accept a role imposed by society, but to make an autonomous choice regarding gender. Furthermore, the fact that on this matter, the individual is guided by public opinion, the mass and social media, and the world of advertising escapes that person. 
In practical terms, the individual merely has the impression of having autonomy. Oh, that's very important. The role chosen by the individual is called, quote-unquote, gender identity. The individual could choose this gender identity without social pressure and irrespective of biological sex. Hence, the individual would be able, depending on their chosen sexual orientation, to choose to be a heterosexual man, heterosexual woman, heterosexual lesbian, transsexual, gender, or neuter. A transgender person is someone whose gender identity does not match his or her biological sex. The individual feels himself to be a woman, although biologically a man, or vice versa. With his sex is known... um, I'm sorry, a case where an individual is dissatisfied with his sex is known as gender gender dysphoria. A transsexual person identifies himself as transgender when he intends to undergo a sex change or has undergone a change from one sex to the other with the help of medications and surgical operations. Now, all the cardinal is doing is defining what's going on today. There are many organizations which, even beyond the Western world, aim to introduce the right for every individual to choose his or her gender identity. This is known as gender equity. Beloved, listen to this. It's so important to first identify what's happening and then to understand its distortion, its destruction, its utter path away from God and what every individual is created to be. I continue. In 2012, the World World Health Organization published a program to promote and facilitate a policy requiring respect for gender equity in the context of human rights at an institutional level. Indeed, through the provision of financial subsidies or a threat to withhold them, international organizations impose a requirement on national authorities and other organizations to guarantee individuals the freedom to choose their gender. They also impose the obligation to facilitate this choice by offering the transgender person means for medical or surgical interventions where necessary, so as to adapt biological sexual characteristics to the chosen gender. And in many Western countries, basic health insurance or national health systems partially or even fully reimburse the costs of these medications and surgery. This is Utterly tragic. We'll be right back. Are you having a hard time keeping up with all that's going on these days in the Vatican? Did you know that LifeSite puts out a monthly print news magazine in beautiful full color? Our magazine, Faithful Insight, gives you all the most important coverage from Rome and lets you read it away from the computer, phone, or tablet. It summarizes dozens of new happenings down to the essentials, but provides full analysis on all the most important developments. 
faithful insight brings you the coverage of the Vatican that you know and expect from LifeSite in a different form. It has received high praise from cardinals, bishops, priests, and faithful who want to stay abreast of the most crucial battle in our time, the battle for the soul of the Church. Subscribe today at FaithfulInsight.com and may God bless you. The Gospels make clear Jesus claimed to be God. But should we believe Him? I think we should. And here's the reason why. The alternatives don't make sense. It's unreasonable to think Jesus was lying because He died for His claim to be God. Mark's Gospel makes it clear that the Sanhedrin sentenced Jesus to death for blasphemy. And Jesus accepted it. People don't die for what they know to be a lie. Okay, you say, well, maybe he wasn't a liar, but perhaps he was delusional, a lunatic. I don't think this explanation works either. All the historical evidence suggests Jesus was a pretty wise guy. Even those who deny Jesus' divinity accept this. But if that's the case, well then, don't you think he's wise enough to know who he is? So, if Jesus is neither a liar nor a lunatic, then he must be who he says he is, namely Lord. I'm Carlo Broussard with a ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. You know, we're right in the middle of the article on gender theory um, from the magazine Calix Maria. It's a long article. We're really not in the middle yet. We're about, oh, a quarter of the way through. And so I'm not going to continue reading it. I will continue it another time. Um, if you wish to continue now, uh, you can subscribe to the magazine or probably get a single issue. Um, Calix Maria. Uh, C-A-L-X, Marie, um, and uh, you can go online and just type in Calix, let's see if I'm giving this to you right, um, Calix Maria, Marie, I'm moving it so you cannot see it, it's out of focus for some reason, um, and you can get a single issue, and if you wish to get this issue, then... Um, it would be the summer 2019 issue of this magazine. Okay, so I, I, we just don't have the time for me to finish it now, and I don't want to not get to your call. So let's take, again, you, can, you cannot call in this program. It's pre-recorded, but I will go to your text and emails. We have a text from someone who writes in anonymously and says, Hello, Mother. I am an Orthodox Christian who was seriously considered converting. Now, I'm guessing you're talking about converting to the Catholic Church. And wanted to ask a question. Since the early Christians were were Jews, I would assume they practiced Jewish traditions. You're right. Of course they did. In our time, this does not seem to be the case. And I was wondering why. Thank you and God bless. Okay, two reasons. One is that Jesus said, I didn't come to abolish, but to fulfill the law. So much of the law, not much of it, all of the Mosaic law has been fulfilled in Christ. And the, the, um, 
the Passover, which uh, they were never to stop doing, uh, was fulfilled in Christ. The Last Supper was a Passover supper fulfilled in the final Passover lamb and became known as the Mass. The Holy Mass is the holy sacrifice of the final Passover lamb. Indeed, the Last Supper of the Old Covenant and the first of the New. So one can continue to practice the Passover uh, and have a Seder, but in light of what God has done and its fulfillment. There are many other Jewish customs that um, one can practice, and in fact, my brother David is the president of the Association of Hebrew Catholics, Hebrew singular, HebrewCatholic.org or .net on the internet. And um, it's an association of thousands of Jewish people that have come into the Catholic Church realizing it is not the rejection of Judaism, but it's fulfillment. It's complete fulfillment, and that you cannot be more Jewish than to be Catholic. And many converts have their stories on uh, the website of the Association of Hebrew Catholics, many stories, much information. And one of their goals, one of their heart, is to gather the Jewish people, Catholics, uh, Catholic Israelites, uh, Catholics of Jewish origin, all over the world, to come together and to practice their feasts and their origins again as fulfilled in Christ. But some of them, Purim, for example, um, uh, the the the, uh, the victory, the Book of Esther, um, those are, it's it's our history as Christians, and and the many of the Jewish customs are beautiful for Christians to know. Um, because it's our heritage, it's where our faith comes from. And I recall Pope Benedict XVI, now Pope Emeritus Benedict, urged us to have the Passover in our homes so we know our history as fulfilled in Christ and to dig into Jewish customs. Again, it's where we come from, and now we know their fulfillment. So it's truly very wonderful and certainly can be practiced today. But some of those traditions were given to Israel alone and not for the church to have. And it's not a matter of of, of salvation. So if one tries to keep the old law, they're not required. They cannot keep it because they cannot offer any sacrifice anymore other than the sacrifice that God has given, which is the mass. Um, But whatever they wish, if they want to refrain from certain foods, if they want to do different things, they're free to do it, but it's not a matter of salvation. Nothing is salvific except what comes now from the Catholic Church. Okay, I hope that helps. We have a text um, from someone anonymous who says, Dear Mother Miriam, good morning. I have a question for you. My son is married, but not in the Catholic faith. They have a daughter that has not Uh, They haven't baptized their daughter. How can I reach out to our son to inform, to tell him that he needs to baptize his daughter? What happens if we don't baptize our children? I love your show and learn a lot. Thank you, Mother Miriam. God bless your ministry. Well, dear one, um, your son is married, but not in the Catholic faith. So it, it seems to me that your son is not Catholic. At least he's turned from his faith or he's not practicing his faith. Um, I don't know if he's married, uh, if his wife is Christian, if she's baptized, all of that. When you baptize someone, you are baptizing them to raise them in the Catholic faith. And so 
you need to understand the importance of baptism, the importance of living the faith in the home. And so what you can do um, is talk to your son. If you've raised him Catholic, say, son, what has happened? Do you no longer believe the church is the way of salvation? Do you not want to bring your family to salvation? Excuse me. Do you not want to baptize your daughter? And um, there's no salvation outside outside of baptism. You need to show him, excuse me, the catechism of the Catholic Church on the teaching of baptism. And if he will baptize your daughter, even in a Christian church, a non-Catholic church, um, in the name of the, the Trinity, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, that baptism will be valid. But if there's no Christianity in the home and no one's going to raise him in the faith, um, it's, it's, it's not going to be um, a good situation. So I would talk to your priest and, um, and talk to your son and see what can be done. Excuse me one moment, beloved. I'm so sorry. My hiccups are coming back, and so I've learned to take some sugar, so I did. Okay. We have an email from Darcy who writes, Dear Mother Miriam, I'm so sorry that you got sick. Thank you, Darcy. But I'm very glad to see that you are feeling better. Thank you again, and I will pray that you stay that way. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Darcy. I still need to get stronger, so I love your prayers. Darcy says, I am... A 23-year-old woman who wrote you, or I am the 23-year-old woman who wrote you last week, and I wanted to thank you for responding to my email and praying for me. I did go to Mass this Sunday. I do remember you, Darcy, yes. I did go to Mass this Sunday, and it was the Novus Ordo form. The priest was gone for the week, and he had a stand-in. So I don't know if what they did was normal in the Novus Ordo Mass. Probably it was. Before the priest did his sermon, a woman went up and, no, that's not good. No way, no way, no way, no way, no way, not good. Before the priest did his sermon, a woman went up and made an announcement and led a short prayer, absolutely outside the Mass and wrong. I don't know, but I did not feel comfortable with that. Good for you. It's it's not comfortable and it's wrong. The priest also had us shake hands and say hello during Mass, which I have a, was heard from Adopted, was adopted from the Protestant Church. I did not participate. I wouldn't participate either. Hold on one second. Excuse me. We're not supposed to shake hands and say hello during Mass. Um, the least, the most that's supposed to be done is simply to turn to one another and exchange the sign of peace. Not to shake hands, not to say hello. It's not a social time. She says, my dear devout Catholic grandmother told me once that if I were to go to Mass, I need to wear a mantilla, which is good. But I noticed that I was the only one wearing one. Yeah, in the Novus Order, you, you will generally be the only one wearing one. That was my crash course into Vatican II. 
I will give them another try next Sunday. I wouldn't do that if I were you. I will give them another try next Sunday. But with the Latin Mass, there you go. That you can do. Thank you for your book recommendations. I will definitely read those, and God bless you. Please do go to a Latin Mass next Sunday. And... um and they'll have a book for you, it's usually in red, that has the Latin and the English, so you can follow it. And as the first time, if you're like me, I didn't follow that book. I didn't want to. It's too distracting. I just wanted to sit and observe and take in the beauty of it. So whatever suits you, but definitely I would, I'd be pleased if you're going to a Latin Mass. There are good, much more reverent Novus Ordo churches, but the one you went to uh, was not that. So we have an email from Andrea who says, Hello, Mother Miriam, I have a question. A friend of mine missed Mass on Sunday. She went to confession today, and the priest told her she was allowed to miss Mass once a year for recreation. Where on earth does that come from? She was allowed to miss Mass once a year for recreation. But she must get a dispensation from a priest first. Is this correct? We had never heard of this before. Neither have I, Andrea. Uh, neither have I. Who, where is it written that anybody is allowed to miss Mass once a year for recreation? Absolutely not. Um, if we have a reason to miss Mass, such as we have a job and we need to support our families, and we must work on Sunday. We cannot get another job with Sunday off. Let's say you're a dad supporting your family, and they won't give you off on Sunday, or you're a single mom and you're a waitress, and you, you have to do what they say. You can't be off. Those are, those are exceptions. And for that, you go to the priest and you get a dispensation. Say, I can't come to church on Sundays, and he'll work out with you to come Tuesday instead or whatever your day is off, uh, day off is, and you'll get a dispensation. It's got nothing to do with recreation, nothing to do with that. If you know in advance you're going on a trip, even for recreation, and you absolutely will not be able to get Catholic Mass, yes, go to your priest for some form of dispensation and then decide when you can go uh, the soonest you can go. But um, it's not a general, uh, you can miss Mass once a year for recreation. I, I don't know where that's written. If it is, somebody tell me and I'll be corrected. Um, okay. Um, and again, the dispensation uh, should happen before, not after. So, okay, we'll go on. Uh, we have an email from Mark in Canada. He says, Hi, Mother Miriam. Oops, there's the music for our break, beloved. Um, we'll come back. Let me just read Mark's email. Um, we have just a minute here. Hi, Mother Miriam. I remember you saying something on the radio at the end of last year that you were working on putting something out for homeschool families. I do not recall whether it was books or curriculum or what it was. Am I mistaken or missed the announcement? Thank you for all you do. God bless. Mark, God bless you. I did say that, and I will fulfill my word. The next newsletter I announced, which will probably come out around Easter, our newsletter, Daughters of Mary, Mother of Israel's Hope, the entire issue will be devoted to homeschooling. And whoever wishes it can sign up for our newsletter on our website, www.motherofisraelshope.org. Go to the newsletter tab, and you can sign up. And that will be our next newsletter, and you will get it. 
family had been going through a crisis. Little by little, we just found ourselves drifting completely away. I was afraid to go back. I mean, I cried the first time I received the sacraments again. Cried because I was back and because I had allowed God to become a part of me again. It's united our family. There's peace in our home that we didn't have before. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for any reason, visit catholicscomehome.org today. Love learning more about the Church, but confused or disheartened by the struggles we are facing today? Follow LifeSite News Catholic on Facebook, Twitter, or sign up for LifeSite Catholic emails and stay up to date on the constant stream of news about the Catholic Church. Our Church is in a time of crisis, and we as laity have a responsibility and a duty educate ourselves and stay true to the faith. LifeSite News Catholic is dedicated to keeping the laity informed and educated. To follow us, go to Facebook or Twitter and search LifeSite News Catholic. As Mother Miriam always says, we must live as if it were true. Tune in weekdays from 6 to 7 a.m. Eastern Time for Sermons for Everyday Living. There's no better way to start your day than by tuning in to hear real sermons from real priests on topics important to you and your faith. For details about upcoming episodes and for podcasts of past shows, visit thestationofthecross.com and click on Sermons for Everyday Living under the Programs tab. That's Sermons for Everyday Living weekdays from 6 to 7 a.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Welcome back to Mother Miriam Live, beloved. Um, this is our last section. We have uh, session. We have about fifteen minutes. And um, I'm going to take um, an email from someone who writes it anonymously. And again, beloved, because you cannot call in today, I can only tell take emails or text that had been sent in previously. But this, I think, is an important one because I, I think it's going to apply to many, many people. It comes from someone who writes anonymously and says, Dear Mother, thank you for all you do and may God bless you in all you do. I am embarrassed to ask about what is likely a shameful topic. But and I tell you, this is so courageous, even though it's written anonymously. It's so beautiful when someone writes in about their struggles because welcome to the human race. There's no one that doesn't that can't relate to this. I think there's if if you don't relate to this, you're the exception. I can relate to this, so uh, I'll just tell you beforehand. Um, oh, we do have one more segment. Okay, we do. Oh, we do. Okay, we do. I'm so sorry. I'm I'm uh, on an old time schedule, so this is not our last segment. We have one more. Okay, this is terrific. All right. Thank you, she says. Um, I'm embarrassed to ask about what is likely a shameful topic. I say it's she, it's anonymous. But I am trying to differentiate between the voice of the Holy Spirit and the evil one regarding what I always thought was a 
per, was a permitted form of relaxation, but now I'm not sure, and I'd be grateful for your thoughts. Okay. She says, in a nutshell, I'm just saying she, in a nutshell, after fulfilling all my duties for the week, including Mass, receiving the sacraments regularly, reading scripture, praying, community involvement, etc., as a single person living alone, I don't always have social plans on Sundays, and unlike my normal discipline during the week, I admit that on Sundays after my duties are fulfilled, I enjoy the rest of the day by watching non-profane TV and often reading a book at the same time or listening to music while sipping through about three full glasses of wine, wine doesn't affect me very much, and snacking. Now, when you say your duties are fulfilled, I'm going to assume that includes Holy Mass on Sundays and um it, it pains me to refer to Holy Mass as a duty, but that's okay if, 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 as long as you include Mass. And she says, nothing to the point of drunkenness or overstuffing myself, but basically allowing myself to satisfy my appetite on this day as opposed to the much stricter discipline of self-denial I exercise through the week. I feel consciously thankful to God while enjoying these things, because it is just relaxing for me, especially since I am not gorging, getting drunk, eating, drinking rapidly, etc., as mentioned. Okay, so far, dear one, you are not in sin. There's nothing you have written that is sinful whatsoever. Absolutely nothing. Then, then this person writes, but the next day, Either the devil, she has in a question mark, is absolutely tormenting me, or the Holy Spirit is admonishing me, she said, I can't discern which one it is, for gluttony and idle time, or for not giving it up together, just as an act of love to God. From what I just described to you, would you say I am in mortal sin? Absolutely not. Or venal sin, which is horrible too? Absolutely not. Or am I allowed to enjoy this form of relaxation as long as I'm not neglecting duties or people who may need me for anything? Or am I being scandalously unholy? Okay, none of the above. You're not in mortal sin. You're not in venial sin. You are allowed to enjoy that form of relaxation as long as you're not neglecting anything you know God would have you to do. You are not being scandalously unholy. So there, um, I, I can tell you what the issue is, um, but um, let, me if, let me continue the, her email, just one little sentence. I do not want to offend God and at the same time feel grateful for this form of rac- relaxation before beginning the busy week, if it is indeed a gift from him. Thank you for your time. God bless you. Dear one, I think it is a gift from God. And I think your relaxation is terrific. And there's nothing wrong with snacking and wine and three glasses if it doesn't get you drunk. There's nothing, and watching TV and reading, but nothing wrong with all of that. It's not sin. I'm going to put a however in there. I think the guilt you feel the following day, I think it's from God and not the devil. Why? Because God doesn't want us to take a vacation from growing in holiness He wouldn't have us give up fun or recreation, but I think we should give up um, 
those things, books and movies, we don't have to give up books and movies, but I think we should give up books and movies if they don't lead us further to love God. They don't have to be Catholic or even particularly Christian. A movie like Sound of Music is going to bring us further to God. It's wonderful. Many good movies out there bring us closer to God, help us to love him more, to see his works in the world. Those are good things, and they're very relaxing. And you can snack and have wine while you're watching them. And and again, the same thing with a book. Um, I told the story once of a, of a, a good woman who was having uh, trouble in her marriage, and I knew that. She had grown children, and I saw her in a restaurant one day. And... Um, uh, I walked into the restaurant and she just quickly, here's the book, and she quickly turned it over so I wouldn't see the cover. And I said, what are you reading? And she said, oh, it's nothing, nothing, nothing. And I was, you know, I barge in where fools dare to go. And I said, no, tell me. I knew it was something that she didn't want me to see. And so I insisted. I knew her. She was a friend. She finally turned it over. And I saw it was one of those trashy romance books soft cover romance books that you could get at any newsstand or wherever. And she's and I, I, I looked at her and she looked at me, she said, you know, it's it's nothing. It's just relaxing. It's just spare time. And I knew her marriage was in trouble and I know about those romance books. And so I took a deep breath and I mustered every bit of tact I could gather And I said to her in that restaurant, not too loudly, are you out of your mind? Do you think that the man, that your husband is going to be able to live up to the man in this romantic novel? You are not giving him or your marriage a chance. It was awful. That's what I'm talking about. So read things They don't necessarily need to be bad and against the faith or a trashy novel like that. They could be okay. But don't spend your time on what's okay. Don't do that. Spend your time on what will lead you to God. So your reading should be maybe true lives of saints, a heroic story, a virtue. Um, So much to read that is so beautiful. It doesn't have to be Catholic. Just heroic, beautiful stories are virtue of of something that's going to spur you to give your life away. The same thing with movies. That's what I do. If I walk out of something, sometimes people say, it's okay, there's no bad language, there's no uh, scenes that are shouldn't happen, everything's okay. And I said to them, I'm not interested in what's okay. I want to love God, and I want only what's going to bring my heart to God. Otherwise, I leave depressed. So I think God wants to grow you up in holiness even more. Not to sacrifice, although it will be a sacrifice. Some things that you would want to watch otherwise or read otherwise, you're just going to say, no, Lord, it's time for me to, like St. Therese, leave childhood behind and grow up more into Christ and spend my relaxation in higher level books and films. You can do that. That's what I would do. Okay, but don't be scrupulous. There's no sin involved. Um, And you're right that relaxation is a gift from God, and it's extremely important, and we don't need to be scrupulous. But if God is prompt, he's not going to prompt everyone. If he's prompting you 
um, then um, then maybe he wants you to go on in holiness. And if he's prompting you that what you're doing is little gluttony, well, you may say, well, I would. Um, you know what? There's nothing sinful in what I've done, but if I have a feeling of gluttony, I'm going to trust the Holy Spirit and, and learn to be satisfied with less. So maybe I'll have two glasses of wine instead of three and a little less, fewer chips than I would have eaten, whatever it is, or have something more nourishing. I don't know what, but I'll just don't ever turn from the Holy Spirit. No matter how small our baby steps are, God will bless us. Indeed, he will. Okay. Um, Okay. Let me see now. Um, I want to go to the next email. I think I'm there, but I'm not sure. I guess I am there. An email from Ellen who says, Dear Mother Miriam, I just watched a video of your podcast from October 21st in which you stated that the Society of St. Pius X is in schism. That's correct, by the way. That's still the case. My heart breaks every time someone says that. So does mine. Ellen, especially someone who is sincerely seeking the truth. You said you are being pulled in that direction. I love, Ellen, I'm stopping in between your email to tell you I love all that is holy, all that is beautiful, all that is true. And there's more than one um, group that has broken off from the church. And uh, their practice might be more beautiful, more magnificent in many ways. But if they're not in communion with the church, I cannot be in communion with them. Neither can we, any of us. It is heartbreaking, but that's the dish, the, the, the issue. Um, you said you are being pulled in that direction, yes. Don't you realize that it is our Holy Mother who pulls you in this way? It is a gently and loving guidance, and she will be patient but persistent. Well, if God shows me that um, it is right to go in the direction of the SSPX, well, um, I would say they need to be in communion with the church. The day that they are in communion with the church, and it is canonically said, uh, Cardinal Burke, again, the greatest canonist the church has, says they are not uh, in union with the church. They are not in full communion. That's my interest I love the church, dear Ellen. I want to be in communion with her. And if I join a sect that is not, then I put myself outside the church, and I will not do that. Ellen continues, Our mother in heaven wants all her children to be traditional Catholics. I believe that. But in order to be completely free from the modernist heresies that plague our holy church, the modernist heresies that plague our holy church, hold on here, We need to follow the saintly Archbishop Lefebvre's example of being loyal to eternal Rome. There you go. I'm going to stop with every sentence because there are many people who think and feel as you do. I do think and feel that way, but I will not go so far as to be out of communion with the church. I've watched videos of Arch. I'm, I'm taking this email and explaining it because I'm not alone in this. Um, I have watched Uh, videos of Archbishop Lefebvre. I've read about his life. I've read about the formation of SSPX, and my heart loves it all. But again, 
I will not be in schism. I will not grow with a group that the church says that those who are faithful with the church, such as Cardinal Raymond Burke, um, I will tell you the canonists on the papal posse of the um, world over, uh, Father Gerald Murray uh, understands also that they're not in full communion with the church. I don't need any other counsel than from those good holy men who also uh, will give their lives and are loyal to eternal Rome. Absolutely. There's the music. We do have another segment, beloved. Um, my mistake before, I was ahead of the game. So we will be back, and not for your calls, this program only, but um, I will continue to take your emails and text and continue on this email. God bless you. Don't go away. LifeSite News is an international news agency devoted to defending life and family and restoring Christian culture. We aim to educate and activate our readers with the information they need to fight the most crucial battles of our day in their churches, workplaces, and families. Our motto is Caritas in Veritate, love in truth. We firmly believe that promoting the truth is an act of love, however hard it is to hear. Over the last 20 years, we have built a reputation for uncompromising reporting, no matter the cost. LifeSite News is by far the most popular pro-life website on the internet, with over 40 million unique users every year and growing. Check us out at LifeSiteNews.com. This Divine Mercy Reflection is from the Diary of St. Maria Faustina. Jesus often speaks to St. Faustina of his desire that humanity seek and accept his mercy. He also reinforces the certitude of his justice for those who do not accept his mercy. In paragraph 1588, he tells St. Faustina, In the Old Covenant I sent prophets wielding thunderbolts to my people. Today I am sending you with my mercy to the people of the whole world. I do not want to punish aching mankind, but I desire to heal it pressing it to my merciful heart. I use punishment when they themselves force me to do so. My hand is reluctant to take hold of the sword of justice. Before the day of justice, I am sending the day of mercy. St. Faustina responds, O Jesus, speak to souls yourself because my words are insignificant. St. Faustina asks Jesus to speak to souls himself. She realizes the salvation of souls is at stake. This Divine Mercy Reflection is brought to you by the Station of the Cross. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Welcome back, beloved. It looks like we have a problem with the camera. Let me just see with the live broadcast. Let me just see if I can do something on this end. And if I cannot, it looks like I could not. Um, 
Okay, I'll I'll just uh, give a message to the studio that we may need another link. Um, okay, I'm going to continue to through this email, beloved, and continue to talk through it. Um, this woman says, um, uh, "Our Mother in Heaven wants all of her children to be traditional Catholics, but in order to be completely free from the modernist heresies." that plague our holy church, we need to follow the saintly Archbishop Lefebvre's example of being loyal to Rome. Well, we have uh, other holy, saintly examples today who are not, have not taken a position that the church has defined as out of communion with her. Um, this woman writes, when our church leaders are failing us, we need to turn to those who are safeguarding the faith from these calamities and that threaten to sink the bark of Peter. Well, you're absolutely right. And we turn to Cardinal Raymond Burke. We turn to Bishop Athanasius Snyder, to Cardinal Brandmuller, to Cardinal Mueller, and to Father Gerald Murray, to many, many holy priests who are canon lawyers and who can guide us. No one will sink the bark of Peter, that's for sure, because the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. This person writing anonymously says, our family has made the painful struggle out of the Novus Ordo into traditional Catholicism via the approved traditional mass communities. We've done the same. We actually attend both forms, Novus Order during the week, because we cannot get to a Latin mass during the week with our schedule. And then we attend the Latin mass on weekends, but we go to approved, many approved traditional last mass communities. The, the, um, FSSP, the Fraternity of the Society of St. Peter, um, uh, um, oh, it's um, Sovereign Priest. Uh, how can I remember their full name? Their, um, their ma- magnificent traditional order uh, of Jesus Christ, Sovereign Priest. They're wonderful, absolutely holy and perfect. There are individual masses uh, that, are, that are wonderful within diocesan Latin parishes. So, yes, there are many. Um, And uh, this person writes, as you know, there is always something lacking as it is not complete because of the necessary compliance with modernism in some way. Well, I certainly disagree with you. There might be some that have modernism crept in, but, but that's not true that it's all of them. And she says, after much prayer and a special novena to St. Joseph to lead us to a holy priest who could guide our children... In this time of crisis, we landed at a society chapel not too far from our home. Through what I can only attribute to heavenly intervention, our first visit to the society chapel was on the Feast of St. Joseph in 2016. Now our daughter is a joyful prepostulant at the Sacred Heart Novitiate of the Sisters of the SSPX. Our other three children are growing in their faith, and as a parent, it is a true joy to know that the sacraments they receive are completely Catholic without a doubt. Beloved, they are Catholic, but they are invalid. They are Catholic, but they are invalid. They've been done in licit legal ways, but they are invalid. They are not recognized by the church. This is very, very serious. I was with a group of SSPX priests and people when we made a trip to Quito, Ecuador, 
uh, last year on the Feast of the Presentation of Our Lady of Good Success of the Presentation for February 2nd. And we didn't know that an entire tour group pilgrimage from the SSPX would be there. We were with that pilgrimage. We joined them for some marches. I wanted purposely to get to know them a little bit and speak with their priests, and I did. And I said to the priest who was leading them, who in my mind is a very wonderful, holy, knowledgeable priest, and I said to him, what if we joined the SSPX, even as a religious order? He said, that would be great. He said, but you'd have no canonical standing because the SSPX has no canonical standing with the church. They know that. They know that. They know they're in schism. I went recently to the Catholic Identity Conference that Michael Matta, the remnant, helped put together, and there was an SSPX priest there, and I spoke with him. I do these things purposely because I want to hear, to study and to read, but to hear it from the horse's mouth, so to speak. And I spoke to that wonderful, I must say, SSPX priest. And I said, do you know that you're in schism? Do you believe it? He said, yes, we know. And I said, so what? what's the issue? Why do you remain that way? He said, the issue is the salvation of souls. And I left the conversation at that. I understood what he was saying. Uh, it would have been hours and hours to have any further conversation on that. I understood him. Didn't make it right, but I understood. So again, you may love the SSPX. You may love their priests. And I understand the, the sisters of the SSPX, the Sacred Heart Novitiate. I've seen them online, but nothing is canonical. Nothing is in right standing with the church and the sacraments are not valid. Um, a marriage sacrament is not valid. Uh, the Pope has extended the sacrament to SSS priests for confession, but the sacrament of marriage and others, it's simply not valid. So it's very serious uh, to go your own way and do your own thing. She continues, uh, oh, look at this in her own email. I know that you visited Our Lady of Buen Successo in Quito. I've been there myself. I'm sure you can testify to the fact that Our Lady is very much present at that convent. Absolutely. We brought home a, a beautiful statue of her that was blessed to the statue of Our Lady and to the feet of uh, the incorrupt body of Mother Mariana. Our Lady wants to purify the church from these heresies once and for all. We know that it must be done through the holy religious in the convents. I'm fine with that. Can you imagine the impact you would have on vocations, Mother, if you made this step toward tradition by joining the ranks of other religious orders under the protection of the SSPX? I've been invited to do that. My heart was so drawn to do that. But I will be outside the church. I will not have a canonical status, period. There is no canonical status outside the church. I'm not going to do it. I love God and the church too much. I'm reading through this, beloved, because there are many people uh, that this represents. Um, and she says, I'm sure you are also aware of the dangerous and precarious situation that traditional mind orders like yours are in by being forced to close through the diabolical imperta- uh, uh, implementation of Corazoran's uh, uh, 
thing, the uh, a paper that the Holy Father has put out changing uh, the situation on cloistered orders. Um, I'm I'm also aware that for three years we've been looking for a bishop and a diocese to receive us uh, because we've been asked to leave Tulsa by the bishop here. Um, and we've, we're trusting God. I could be at the SSPX tomorrow, but I will not. I will not. It is in schism. I will wait for God's will. She ends by saying, it's funny because I was going to write to you a while back, but decided not to. Our lady led me to that video this morning and I had just laugh and say, okay, mother, I'll do it now. I hope this isn't too forward. It seems like the right thing to do. I don't take the consecration of Our Lady lightly. And when she leaves me, I need to follow. I'm with you all the way, Helen. May Our Lord bless you and Our Lady keep you protected under her mantle. Uh, glorious feast of the persecution. <laughs> listen to me, persecution. Have a glorious feast of the perse- uh, the purification. <laughs> uh, be assured of my prayers in the sacred immaculate hearts. Ellen, I love you. I thank you. I can not be part of what is not in communion with the church. That is the bottom line. God bless you. We'll speak with you all tomorrow.